Hey guys, I'm Sage, and this is the Iconic Dollcast. On this podcast, I'll be talking about iconic dolls and their cultural impact over time. As a longtime doll collector, I thought it would be interesting to go back and research all about the dolls that I had growing up. This includes everything from Barbie to Britney, all the way to American Girls, and so much more. I specialize in making customized versions of the Britney Spears doll. If you haven't yet, give me a follow on Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls, on TikTok, Britney Spears Dolls, and Twitter, B Spears Dolls. You can also follow the official podcast Instagram, Iconic Dollcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Iconic Dollcast. My name is Sage, your host. Thank you for tuning in to another jam-packed episode all about dolls. The next three episodes I have coming for you guys are a little bit different than what I've usually been doing here on the Iconic Dollcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Peter Danzig. You might remember them from season one's Britney Spears doll episode where we talked all about the Britney Spears doll. Today, we're actually going to be talking about what it was like growing up as young boys who love dolls. And we're going to talk about some of the negative stigma around that and also the positive impact that dolls have had on our lives. So I'm really excited for this. In the next two episodes, I'm also going to be talking to a really fun doll collector as well as a doll designer and all the fun things about running a doll business. So look out for that. Again, I'm so sorry I haven't been able to keep up with weekly episodes like I planned. My new job has been crazy, and unfortunately, I'm also dealing with a little bit of a heartbreak, which we all know is never fun. But I've got some cool things lined up for you, and I can't wait for that. Like I said, today's episode is with Peter Danzig, who is a psychotherapist, major Britney fan, and a huge doll collector. This was so much fun. Peter and I have so many cool things in common, so it's always a pleasure to have them on the show. Before we get into the interview, make sure you guys check out my Instagrams, Britney Spears Custom Dolls, and Iconic Dollcast. Give them a follow, leave me a five-star review, and let's get into Dudes with Dolls with Peter Danzig. All right. You guys, Peter Danzig is back on my show today. I am so excited. And we're going to just talk about dolls (laughs) and maybe the stigma, you could say, around boys playing with dolls and collecting dolls and all that stuff. So, Peter, for I mean, thank you for coming back to the Iconic Dollcast. Uh, Last time you were here, we talked about the Britney Spears doll, (laughs) which is the best doll ever. But for (laughs) anyone that has not, you know, checked out that episode yet, Peter, tell us a little bit about yourself and your book that you have coming out. Yeah, sure. So, hi, everyone. My name is Peter Andrew Danzig. I don't know why I just waved at the screen recording. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, my background is in clinical social work uh, and advocacy. I'm a psychotherapist and researcher, and most of my actual, most of my actual research is around gender and the way that 
play uh, impacts our sense of self and gender and identity formation over the lifespan. I work in pediatric healthcare as well as a private practice uh, as a psychotherapist. And when I'm not doing that, I am a toy analyst, which is a, a, a term that people get very confused about, but it means that we look at certain products or product lines that will be consulted to look at the ways that children are interfacing with them, uh, sometimes even adults uh, and the way that they see them on the shelves and who they envision buying it for. And even if the toy, the toys playability and engagement psychologically. And I have a book coming out called Don't Toy With Me. Yes. Uh, the working title, but uh, it's pretty much a geek's road to self-acceptance. And this very topic I, I cover a lot um, within the book, uh, but also just in, in my work, the ways that toys have impacted me over the lifespan. My, I mean, toys are all over my house. Uh, in the, the me too. Of- yeah right i'm looking at your background i'm like yeah i I, I was like i understood the i understood the the topic today so i came like ready to talk about it (laughs) like i was like i was like i've got the assignment um so that's background on me and uh yeah in a graduate school if it helps to help people understand i even my sense of gender expression had shifted i used they them pronouns uh when i was using he they uh, for so long, just for my own, when I was doing my own research, it, it just felt more formative. So that's my background. And Amazing. Um, and then just, I mean, briefly, we'll talk about this because I do have an episode coming out about uh, Ariel, the Little Mermaid. But uh, I understand that I feel like we had the same first doll. So was Ariel your first, the, Tyco, the little Tycho girl? Yes, so I can share this the uh, the fun quick story about it. Uh, my parents uh, lived in New York at the time, and the Tycho, the original Tycho area, like the first sculpt that people say didn't look like her, but was my is my favorite one for just nostalgic reasons. Um, uh, I had wanted it, but it was sold out everywhere. And so my parents and my my dad was an amazing uh, person. I. I've talked about him in the last podcast around the Britney dolls too. Uh, we went to visit my uncle and my dad didn't want to like hang out and do the visit. So he literally went around. We, it was in New Jersey, went store to store to store and came back with the Ariel doll with, with the um, visit to the kingdom playset. It was like the, the doll mm. and the, that the blue dress with the black corset. And there's this picture. I'm like beaming. All I, all I did was jump in everybody's photos with this doll. And, um, I don't count my little pony as a doll or else I'd say maybe that was my first. Um, some do. Um, but, uh, the Tycho Ariel doll holds the most special place in my heart. Uh, I have all, I have every version of the skinny boxed. Um, oh my gosh. So many, there's so many of them. I know. I didn't do the whole time. I used to have the whole Tycho. Uh, I had all of them at one point and then during a move, I lost the entire box. So I had to start from scratch. (laughs) Oh no. That's, that's so funny. I, I have lots of childhood pictures of me as well. And I'm always holding my Tycho Ariel doll. I'm in the, swimming pool at the ocean at the golden gate bridge just everywhere um i took i took her with me everywhere i had like i think i had three or four of them maybe five and i still have four of them from my childhood i'm so happy that i held on to those because they like you said they just hold such a special place in my heart i had ariel before i had barbie so um I love that we had the same first doll. That's amazing. So today I really want to talk about boys 
and boys playing with dolls. And the reason I wanted to do that is because I feel like throughout my whole life, it's just been kind of a development, you know? I think I grew up in the 90s. So I think that the stigma on boys playing with dolls was kind of shifting during my era where it was getting a little bit less... I, I think people were a little bit less judgmental and we'll, we'll get into it, but I, I always felt, you know, I, I, I'm very fortunate. I grew up with very supportive grandparents who did not care that I played with dolls, but I did have friends that perhaps their parents felt it was a little bit weird that I was so eccentric. And, you know, I always, always had my Barbies with me, whatever. But interestingly enough, I, I never really felt judged by other kids. I felt judged by adults. And so what could you tell me just your opinion on where the stigma, the, the negative stigma of boys playing with dolls comes from? Sure, sure. So, you know, one of the things that I think is really important is where you digest that that stigma from every, for each person is different. So uh, you and I both have some really interesting uh, similar experiences. So I'll, I'll start with like the positive growing up. My, my brother is identifies as cisgender and straight. And we both played with dolls. Like when the Disney movies would come out, we'd both want the dolls. I would typically want like bell and he would want the beast, but yeah. like we would like both want them. And, and the reason I bring that up is in my house, my, both my parents had toys or toys. And my whole entire family felt that way too. And I actually come from a family of toy collectors. So growing up, oh, wow. it was just like, yeah, so cool, right? And they, my mom used to take us to flea markets to look for vintage dolls for her own self. And so like, it's always, it's just been around always. But the reason I bring that up is it's funny you mentioned that you get it, you got it from adults. Um, the first time that I can remember the stigma of, of dolls was actually in the in education systems. Uh, early on when show and tell would happen. And I did like toys in general too. I love dolls, but I also loved certain action figures and whatnot as well. I truly just love toys. I always, um, I don't consider them girls toys, but I always leaned toward girls toys. I'd say 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my mom, it never being an issue at home for us to ever play with whatever we wanted to. But when it came to going to school, she couldn't keep us safe there. So sometimes right. my mom was like, I know you want to bring this one up, but the teacher um, is concerned. And my mom had no, she was amazing, would typically say, bring that toy. But when kids, I learned it from the teacher first, sending it kind of a note or being like a little concerned, quote unquote, that I liked these toys. And my mom being like, of course my child likes this toy and I'm going to embrace it. But then the kids at school started, um, that's where I learned what the word gay was first. They, um, and they called me gay before I knew what gay was. Um, Some other words that I'm sure you and I have heard as children Mm -hmm. and being very confused and and not still being too young to tie it together to the toy. So I was like, what, what is this word? And, and, I think the stigma comes from um, we like to keep femininity as a weakness in society. We like to make sure that the femininity is, is you know, and I always say I don't let the, the, the constructs of toxic masculinity kind of define me. I refuse to do that. Uh, and I think I always did. But I think as long as people think femininity can be a weakness, as we continue to see, uh, people try to perpetuate that stigma. Uh, if a male is dominant, in psychology, why would you want to give them the, it's, it's, it's 
taboo to give them that kind of a, a sense of, of self based in, in femininity, which is so ridiculous because they're both constructs. Uh, and I think it's actually people fear, I think people fear compassion, empathy, and emotion, which is something we attribute to, honestly, girls, toys, and dolls are built on compassion, empathy, vulnerability, and their playability is all based on those kind of things. Uh, and boys' toys tended at that time. Now I think we have a lot of cool things we could talk about that are different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the thing that we saw shift in the 90s that I think is important for us all to note is it went from them being dolls to them being uh, like target market products. So no longer was it just like, oh, dolls, but it's like the Little Mermaid doll is okay because that property is so hot and so big at that point that I think people kind of shifted their ideas a little bit. It wasn't just general. It wasn't only Barbie. The 80s and the 90s got flooded with dolls and toys. I think playability came. I think people were starting to shift ideas slightly. Um, yeah. 90s. I mean, so that's that's very interesting because I feel very, very the same. I um, The first time I ever was made felt that it was strange that I had a doll. I wouldn't say it was. I used to bring. I mean, I talked about this a million times I brought a doll to school in my backpack every single day you know for you know recess whatever and most of my friends were girls I didn't have a ton of boyfriends (laughs) when I was younger but the first time I remember really feeling like what the hell is this is like so I, you know, not to, we're not going to go into my whole backstory right now or anything, but I, <laughs> I, I was, I was raised by my grandparents, you know, for whatever reasons, my parents couldn't, couldn't, couldn't raise a child. So my grandparents took it on. And like I said, very, very, very supportive grandparents. And they had gotten me an American girl doll, which I was just, I mean, I had already had Barbies. I had, I had mermaids, whatever. But I mean, I got an American Girl doll and that was a big ass deal, you know, when you're like seven or eight. And I remember there was always a big concern in my school with me because I was raised by my grandparents. And so the social workers at the school really took it upon themselves to look after me. I say that in quotes. There was always like, you know, they would pull me out of class sometimes. And it was just, it was unnecessary, to be honest, because at, at home, I I was great. You know, my grandparents did a really good job, you know. They, they are a little bit older, obviously, than, you know, your standard parents at the time. And so these social workers would just always, they were always really concerned about me and the way I would, I don't know how to phrase it, like the way I would turn out because, you know, I, uh, you know, they, they just assumed I had all this trauma, but it's like, I, I didn't, I, my grandparents took me in when I was like a year, a year and a half. Like, I don't even remember my life before them. Do you know what I mean? And so... I just remember one time I was feeling really uncomfortable with the, this social worker, this specific social worker who she she wanted to pull me out of class to have one of her talks with me. And I was like, you know what? I'm bringing my doll. Like, this is so annoying. Like, I'm, I'd am rather not go, <laughs> you know, out of class. I would rather just stay here and be fine. So I was like, well, I'm bringing my doll or I'm not going. That was That is what happened. And I remember... She, this is like the first time of insecurity that I ever, ever remember. We were walking from the hall down to, you know, her office. I had my doll and she looks down at me and she goes, are you sure you want to bring your doll with you? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. And 
it's just the first time I ever remember feeling judged, really, because she looked down at me and said, well, what do you think other kids are going to say when they see you walking down the hall with a doll? And I was just kind of at a loss for words. It's like one of those moments that I'll never forget. I was like seven years old and just looking up at her and literally also the first time of like super anger. I was so mad. I was like, you know, like, who are you to tell me what I should and should not do? And this social worker in particular, she was like an issue. She literally, so I went to school in Boulder, Colorado, first of all. That is where it's that that's where this shit gets really crazy, because I don't think, especially at the time, like 1997, whatever, growing up in Boulder, there was no judgment. People are free birds in Boulder. They don't care what people do. There's no it's it's a great it was a great place for me to grow up, you know, and unfortunately, the social worker like. I hate to use this word, but I literally feel like she was obsessed with me because I went to school all within like a three mile radius. And this bitch literally followed me through all my schooling. She started at my elementary school and then I was so glad to get out of there, get away from her. Then she showed up at my middle school and then she tried to do the same kind of stuff. And then finally, when I got into high school and she came to my high school, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like you are... You literally bring me into your office to judge me for, you know, I mean, as as time went on and like, you know, first it started with dolls and then it started with, you know, Britney Spears. Like she she thought it, she she would never say this, but it was almost like she was telling me, like, you're different. So we need to fix this. And so that is when I really that that's my that's my story about, you know, boys playing with dolls. And really the only time I ever felt judged, I don't I think that I was too strong of a personality for, like you know, the boys to like try and bully me. I never really got bullied by other kids, which is I'm you know very thankful for. And I, I think that comes from, you know, my grandparents being like, don't ever let anyone tell you what you can or cannot do. And just the crazy thing with this lady is like my grandparents tried to stop it and she she just wouldn't. She wouldn't give it up. And like she would, you know, psychoanalyze me every time. Well, why, why do you why does making why does playing with dolls make you feel better? What what if you played with Legos? That kind of stuff. And it's just like, who are you? You're a school social worker. Like, okay, <laughs> who who are you to tell me, you know, what I should and should not do? And I, you know, I, I wish that kind of thing wouldn't have happened. But in the long run, it's made me feel very firm on my beliefs. Like you were saying, like, I do what I want. And like, yeah, I collect dolls. And, you know, I, I I just I, it's just crazy that you know people who are in positions of authority were the ones making me feel weird about it. You know what I mean? I think so. You know, I definitely didn't have that same experience. I, I remember I'm, I, a lot of what you're saying though rings true. It breaks my heart because social work is my initial background into psychology, and you're supposed to be an advocate. And you know, in social work, when when a child displays a sense of I don't even want to call it difference. I want to call it individuation yeah. of, of what makes them shine. Your job is not to dim that shine. Your, your job is to find a way to help that child find a sense of security. I literally, I don't know about you, um, but toys saved my life. It is the reason I researched them. It is the reason that uh, we've had conversations, I think, even around the Britney doll in, in my work that it's, it's 
it was so crucially important. Yes. Um, toys are, are I, I, and yeah, I just, I can't imagine that uh, when I would be bullied, the toys were the things that kept me, that they were my security item, they were my grounding item. Um, so here that you digest that information, that, uh, that you were different first from a social worker um, at all is is so sad to me. And I'm so sorry that happened, but I'm also thrilled to hear about your grandparents. And, and it reminds me of my mom who said, I don't care who, who says anything. You love what you love. You like what you like. And there was always a toy in my book bag too. Whether I had show or tell, there was always one. It was in my grounding item and knowing it was there brought me immense joy. And I think these, Toys, we'll probably get into it. Most gay identifying males that I've spoken with generally, ha- we tend to have had within the 80s and 90s the same toys. Then you have the early 2000s, certain people had liked other, but there's always a brand or uh, or certain group of toys that people are like, the, the, where it's like, yes, 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 yes. I felt so alone until Instagram. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, even Facebook didn't quite do it until, but when when Instagram hit, I was like, oh my gosh, the hashtag dudes with dolls. Mm -hmm. I just met so many amazing people. That's how I found you. That's how I found a million other. And I don't collect um, certain dolls like other people do, but seeing other people brings me immense joy. And yeah, I just, I think that uh, movers and shakers, I think it took honestly, you know, people like us as kids to say like, no, this toy brings me joy. And our version of fuck you was authenticity. Uh, 100%. And, you know, I think there's a lot of negative stuff around social media, but (laughs) not, not really for me because all my social media is curated to all these things that I love. And it's just been, I mean, you know, with starting my business, Britney Spears custom dolls was really my first, you know, at what, I think I was like 27 or something when I started that was really my first like whoa <laughs> there's a ton of people just like me on the internet and like this is a positive vibe like this is this is where social media is cool because i'm getting to see all these people with lots of the same things that i had growing up the same stories just kind of the same feelings and so that was that was really my first time being like I mean, no, I've always been okay with collecting dolls. I, I still do it. Um, but that was really a big moment for me where I was like, wow, like, I am not the only person on the earth that is like this. So that's really cool. And yeah, you know, it does suck um, the way that teeth that social worker made me feel. But I also felt like my personality and just my beliefs and everything. I was always really like, she's wrong. (laughs) Like she is just trying to like torture me or something. I don't even know. So I'm glad that I had that. And, you know, I feel like she really took advantage of the fact that I had older, my grandparents were raising me and they weren't, you know, they did, they weren't totally familiar. Like, Oh no, you know, you can go to the school board and report this, you know, it is what it is. It's in my past, but it's a big part of my past because I feel like any insecurities that I do have or have had have kind of stemmed from that, that lady. And, um, it was all based around dolls, which is why I'm so glad we're talking about this. And that is interesting that, you know, I, I, I don't think she did her job right. So not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so like I said, I, I was growing up in the nineties. So aside from that, I think, you know, 
culture was shifting a little bit. I think nowadays, it's interesting also, I went into the field of education for college. I actually got my elementary teacher's license and did all that. I subbed for two years and then, you know, decided this is just not for me. And I I wonder, like, I wonder if I went, I did this just to prove, prove to myself, like I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I, you know, cause they, cause to be honest, they, they made me feel kind of dumb with, you know, my interests and everything. And that's not just with dolls. Like it was like with Spice Girls and Britney, they all were like, he's too involved with this. Like, this isn't, this isn't the way kids should be. And I think that I went to school for elementary education to be like, you know what, you, if you can do this job, I can do this job and I can do it better than you. And, you know, I'm still working with kids all the time, but yeah, it's just, it's just pretty interesting. But I think the stigma, I noticed this when I was student teaching, I did see lots of boys who had, you know, what you quote unquote girl girl toys, you know, they were all kind of playing together. And it was a really nice thing for me to see because I'm like, oh, gosh, like, even though the times were changing when I was your age, like it was it didn't feel like this, like, this is really cool how, you know, you know, boys would come in with painted fingernails, and no one would say anything about it. Because it's just like, yeah, he likes to paint his fingernails, you know, and it's, it's cool to see how those things have changed. But with that being said, I feel like it's changed with kids, but not so much adults. I think adults are still the ones who judge people. And now as an adult doll collector, you know, I found my people, I found my niche, so it's all good. But I do feel weird sometimes about telling people, well, I have a custom doll business and I have hundreds of dolls, you know, because I feel like adults still judge people. Oh yeah, that's when I think I could speak to, you know, the thing that I think is important for us all to remember is that these that people stop playing this is like what my research is based on like we tell them to stop playing i don't i haven't done any research with active adult play if that makes sense so like i i think the closest thing to adult acting play in my research for dolls has been the, the conversation of are you a box collector versus a not you know and then displaying them or finding people who make these beautiful dioramas of these moments that are just and this and the articulation of these like beautiful like i call them set dressings of these rooms and these dollhouses i just follow a million accounts of that but we do tell people at some point to stop playing you know um i remember in high school i really got back into um collecting my vintage toys the vintage my little points my dad loved going to to flea markets with me my mom to find them um we would also look for the she-ra dolls um i was obsessed with the bandai 1995 sailor moon set i had i like was obsessed with it and i remember in high school uh as i was coming to terms with my sexuality i had a whole room full of anime but the dolls i put in a closet uh, like I got a room that went up to the attic and had a little extra space. So like the anime action figures and the posters were, were fine, but the dolls, a part of me felt like I was too old to have them out. So I had this moment of, uh, a lot of us have that friend where it's like, I have something to show you. And a lot of my girlfriends like, what? And I was like, Hey, this is what I collect, you know, but you know, you fast forward now, 2023. And not only do you find your people, but I think like the people you let in your life are important. Like my brother will call and text and be like, I saw this, this dollar, this toy, do you want this? Or so is Britney sweatshirt. Do you need this? Um, you know, I'm seeing someone right now who like, we go to a toy show and they're like, Hey, look at this, check this out. Have you seen this? And it's like to see people affirm you is I think the most important thing as a doll collector or a toy collector 
And the analysis that I think is important is the way we break down that stigma for others is also over time unlearning it ourselves. You know, so I've gotten mm-hmm. to a point in my life where I'm like, if people come in to my house, they're like, oh, you're weird. You have too much of this. I'm like, I might have just a little too much of you in my life, actually. It's like, yeah, see us. <laughs> um, but when you find people who can see you and, and make you feel seen truly and also find interest in like why you collect i think the reasons you collect and the reasons i collect are probably vastly different which makes this very interesting and also maybe the same if that makes sense like we're probably gonna have so many similarities and also like what it means to you and and what kind of dolls you're into what like dolls i'm into and and yeah it's just you know Well, let me let me just ask you that question then, because that's a good I mean, I'm sure I mean, this is the iconic doll cast. I'm sure anyone who is listening is probably a doll collector or a really big Britney Spears fan. But I don't even talk, you know, I don't even talk about her. I do in every episode, but it's not based on her. So let me ask you, why? Why do you collect dolls? Yeah. So I collect toys in general because uh, they bring me immense joy. Uh, just I like to be transparent. I don't have any memories until my early uh, 12, 13 uh, due to trauma, but I can remember if I hold a toy, it's part of my research. I can remember the time playing with that toy. I won't remember a lot of other things. Um, And a lot of my work does that uh, research around that topic. But I currently also, I collect toys just because they bring me immense joy more than I do investing in like, uh, you know, some people enjoy fancy cars or big, and I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. I'm not here to, to, but everybody has their thing. But for me, there's a sense of play that brings me joy and, um, dolls in particular, the kind of dolls I love is I, uh, the, you know, my collection is all the Britney dolls clearly. And then now I just come to you and I'm like, can I buy this one? Can you make, this i have um ones on the bucket list you know uh the vintage the vintage disney mattel lines the early ones from the 90s loved them uh and sailor moon is my big one but i also now as a a psychotherapist and i work a lot in diversity equity inclusion uh mattel's inspiring women series i buy every single one of them uh and i think that they are picking not only role models and women that are amazing, but um, you also learn, like sometimes I don't know about the contributions of this amazing person until I read the back of the box and I keep them around in my therapy office, but also for myself for, to learn. Uh, and then the, the, the celebrity dolls that Mattel makes, I like, I, I, the minute Gloria Estefan, I'm, I'm Cubano. So like for me, when that, to have a doll of a Cuban woman we have very little outside of Camila Cabello. I feel so seen. And that just came out this year. I, I bought it like the minute it, and Tina Turner. And so, and I shift them out. Like I rotate them out because I don't have all the room. <laughs> None of us do think. So you have to like rotate out. Um, but I collect them to now because of the sense of kind of, um, they speak to me now as an adult, if that makes sense. 100%. Yeah. I think for me, I find that all of the things that I collect are things that were, you know, from my childhood. And I think that the reason I'm so about, like, I mean, everything, if I, if, if let's say a 10 year old me walked into my house right now, he would just fall over. He would not know what to do with himself. He would be just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my whole life because (laughs) 
<laughs> I, you know, I love Star Wars. I love Disney. I love Britney. I love Barbie. I love uh, just so many of those things from my childhood. And I think what, what for me, what it is, is that, you know, like I said, I have, I have such a close relationship with my grandparents and, but I don't, I don't have the same taste as my grandparents. So they're really into like art and like woven (laughs) carpets and just like, (laughs) like sculptures, all that stuff. And, you know, I am getting to the point in my life, you know, I know that they're not going to be around forever. And it's so funny. We always, they're always trying to like pawn things on me. They're like, Oh, do you want this? Or you want that? And I'm like, okay, I call my grandma mom and I'll, I'll literally have to be like, mom, do you really think this portrait of flowers is going to look good next to my nude Madonna poster? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and sh- she'll be like, yeah, maybe not. And so I think that for me with what I collect, I do it because I have such good memories with them. Um, You know, I was very blessed as a kid, but there was definitely stuff that I, I you know, we couldn't afford everything. Right. And so same, I same. stick, I stick to my like saying, it's like very, I have my own little niche, you know, Barbie, Star Wars, Britney, Disney, uh, <laughs> I love how we're like we have this small niche and we're listing Power Rangers, awesome Power things. Rangers, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and, Power Rangers, I die. I love the love them. Love them. Oh, and so I just kind of, you know, I want to, you know, I, it means more to me than, you know, like. Uh, They've given me so much like, so like, for instance, my grandparents obviously realize, well, he has very different tastes than us, but we're going to make our taste kind of merge with his. So like one year, my grandpa made me a doll bed for my American Girl doll, and it was an exact replica of the one you could buy from the catalog, but he made it himself and he made it and because because he was like, well, the one in the catalog was too small. So he made me one that looked the same for all my American Girl dolls to fit fit in. And then one year, my grandparents love making tapestries. <laughs> I don't I don't know where that comes from. I'll have to show you this sometime. But yeah. they they make they make everyone in our family a tapestry. And they're like, well, what the hell are we gonna make Sage? Because he doesn't want like, you know, a Christmas one or you know, your standard tapestry, whatever. And my grandparents aren't religious in any way, but you know, that's the kind of thing you see on a tapestry, right? Sure. So they made me. Um, and I don't I, are you a Madonna fan at all? I I do like Madonna. Yeah. I'm so, I mean Britney's my queen, but I'm, I'm like I pay homage. Um I'm it's like Britney, Janet, Madonna. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. So Madonna has been in my life even before Britney. Britney takes that spot though but I probably know just as much about Madonna as I do about Britney but she has this single cover for her song like a prayer and it's an illustration that her brother made her or something and it's it's not a real picture of her and my grandparents made me a tapestry of this illustration and it's like the coolest I'll have to show it to you I feel I should have pulled it out because it is it's incredible and so they've really merged our you know, they were like, well, we're going to make you tapestry, but we're going to make you a Madonna tapestry. So <laughs> that's very cool. But I just, you know, they're always like, well, don't you want to have some things like, you know, when we're not here? And I'm like, you guys have given me everything. And like, I promise this tapestry is more valuable to me than, you know, this, you know, $30,000 sculpture that I'm never going to look at. So don't worry about it, you know, and like. <laughs> 
all my American Girl dolls that you bought me and, you know, my Barbies. I still have them all like that. That shit means more to me than, you know, anything else. So that's um, I think that's that's where I get my collecting from. It's just, you know, oh, I remember I had Malibu Barbie and I don't know where she's at, but I'm going to buy another one because I remember when my grandma bought me a Malibu Barbie. And so that I think that's where I get my collecting stuff because it's stuff that I have memories from with my whole life, you know, so it's I mean, it's it probably it's either based in what you affirming what you had or what you didn't. You know, right. so I see it's like some people are like, I couldn't play with this. And or they had somebody in the family who bought it for them, but they made them. I have um, friends who collect or even patients who told me stories about how they had to hide them under their bed, you know, but they were there was always that person that affirmed that that for them or they had to keep them at school because the teacher let them would buy them and say, I know you can't have these at home play, you know, here, here's here. This is your bin. But I, I think for all of us, there's a sense of, yeah, most people collect from nostalgia. Like I find that most of us like come back into collecting or we begin to collect something because we're trying to recover something or we're trying to keep a memory very vivid and alive. So for me, I don't want to forget these moments uh, that I, that I had. And so like buying a doll is like really important sometimes for me to make that memory really vibrant. Yes. So, yeah. I like brought one with me today that was like, this is attached to like a big memory that I had. I was like, Oh my gosh. I had to find the exact one that I wanted. It's probably like my favorite Ariel doll. It's <laughs> like, of you course, know. Ariel yeah. is. I mean, you'll you'll see. I have a like I said, I have an Ariel episode coming out. I recently just I tried to gather all my Ariel stuff and put it all together. I couldn't get it all on my bed because I have so much. But I'll, you'll see it. I have a lot of Ariel stuff from when I was a kid. Um, but I also just you know going back a little bit. I love what you said about. You know, some people buy expensive shoes or really expensive watches or whatever. And it's like, yeah, well, I do the same thing. I just bought a $200 doll. Yep. You know, and um, sometimes people look at you funny for that. But you're like, it's literally you spent $700 on shoes. (laughs) You know, what's what's the difference here? And I that's something I've never understood why people don't, you know, so I mean, now people get it a little bit more, I think, but it's like, what don't you understand? It's, it's no different than you going and buying, you know, a really nice car. You know, it's some people collect cars, some people collect shoes, some people collect dolls. And, you know, and I think a lot of doll collectors are men. (laughs) Oh, we have to talk about that at some point today. Yeah. The market, yeah, yeah, yeah. The market share on that. But I think people, when it comes to people scoffing at what a person will pay for a toy collector, and this isn't the toy collecting um, business in general. I, I see this often, even at geek conventions, people come up to me and, t- and share these stories that like, yes, people can spend $3,000 on a pair of Jimmy shoes, right? Or they might go to Louis Vuitton and spend $10,000 on a bag. Um, but hundred dollars for a doll people will say how could you do that as an adult be more be more you know uh more pragmatic with your spending and it's because i think that people are told they can't play like i think toy collectors in general we have realized oh we can do what we can play and be authentically who we are people often don't feel that sense of permission so they i think they overindulge in these other areas because they they can't have the simple thing that they want uh like i said there's some people come to me in therapy and i'm like if you just want this 20 dollar doll 
let's go to I, like part of therapy is sometimes exposure. I'm like, I will go to the store with you. Let's buy the doll how, and go back to the office. And how did that feel? What was that like for you? Do you want to keep it here? Do you want to take it home? But like, yeah, I weren't allowed to play. So they over, they over uh, lost and they kind of grieve it. So then they go and spend money on the thing that we're told holds like a greater sense of importance in our society. Like, these shoes from this designer are much more important than this hundred dollar doll. Why would you spend that? And it's just, you know, if I was to take the person's happiness scale, I would bet that it costs a lot less to just authentically enjoy what, what you enjoy and learn and unlearn all that stigma. And yes, there's, and I think we should like talk about the, 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 the male identifying um, people who collect dolls, men who collect dolls, is a huge part of the industry. Mattel is finally nodding to it. So we're going to other companies, but they're not nodding to it in a. They're still, they're still. It's like adjacent. They're so close, but they don't want to just embrace it, which uh-huh. sometimes drives me. Integrity Toys does. That company embraces their male collectors. Like, but I have multiple times said and i haven't i haven't gotten to consult with mattel yet but i really want them to ring in i want to say you like there's so much money to be made but also good conscience like uh, like empathy and kindness and therapy that like that it's so therapeutic for a male to go buy the doll if you would make it so that these are just not for girls uh and in california and, and it's not allowed to do toys by um gender anymore and target has gotten rid of all the gendered items and just puts the 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 toy name on so we're getting there but i think that companies like that that make dolls american girl mattel i do think that they worry and even disney i think they worry if they embrace it too much that the backlash that they will get they already get enough backlash on the dolls themselves and their purport imagine if we allow men to play with dolls i think that that would open pandora's box for a lot of uh, people to no longer buy barbie then they will say if then i don't want to participate and i think that i think we have to get there but the doll community is huge and they they know that you know they very much know it they they nodded to it. remember the moshino commercial um do you remember that did you ever see I, that commercial i don't know i probably <laughs> such an all right, I'm going to tell you. You have to look this up afterwards. Um, it's maybe seven years ago. There was Moshino Barbie, and they did a commercial, but they only did it for the internet, Mattel, and they didn't release it um, on TV. And it's a little boy playing and loving it, but he, uh, the way that he's speaking is 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 kind of like um, a stereotype on on gay people and the way that they speak. And so the commercial didn't land very well with our community, and they wouldn't release it with the other commercials. So then we were double mad as a community. Cause we we're like, what's going on? You can finally have a boy in this Barbie commercial, but yet you can't, it's only available online. If you look up boy, Mushino Barbie commercial, you'll find it. But that was the first time that I also felt as an adult angry. Cause I was like, you're so close to just bringing us into this fold. And yet now you, you create this commercial and you know, not all boys who play with dolls also act the same. Right. <laughs> Definitely not. And they're not, they're gay, actually. Many of them aren't. Yeah, you know, that is, okay, and, you know, not to be, you know, stereotypical, but that that is something that, you know, kind of surprised me. I have seen a lot of people who, you know, identify as straight that collect dolls, and I think, I mean, that's amazing, you know? It's like, it just shows you, because that's the other thing, right? It's like, oh, he collects dolls, he must be gay. 
Like, <laughs> oh, like he must be gay because he likes girl things. But I'm like, well, that's not always the case. But it is, I mean, it's common. It's very common. This conversation is interesting because, and I talk about her every time, my grandma, she, I was explaining to her recently about how diverse Barbie has become. And I was like, oh no, you like, you can get a Barbie in different shapes, any skin tone, you know, oh, yeah. disabilities, whatever. And it's great. And my, my grandma, the first thing she asked me, well, she was like, well, what about gay people? Do they have any, anything like for like the LGBTQ plus everything? And I said, oh, that's no, but I think that Barbie's main fan base <laughs> is, you know, representing for that. But no, there's not. I think it'd be very cool for them to do like a, just straightforward gay doll. I think that'd be cool. Or even, you know, Mattel's really into their reproductions. And, you know, Mattel has kind of walked that line before. There was that one Ken doll that was so controversial. Uh, oh, uh, the, the earring Ken. The magic yeah. earring Ken. And I think, I think that would be a really good reproduction for them to do. Because it's pretty... I, I don't have that one. Me neither. I've looked him up and I've thought about purchasing it a million times just because of the history behind it. Like It's, I, yeah. it's iconic, you know, and Ken, Ken has some major moments. But, you know, what's interesting is like people really like to count Ken out. And it's like, you know, because, oh, Barbies are for girls, whatever. And like they did have Ken, but Ken was never, ever marketed towards boys ever, you know. <sighs> And I think that they could have done a better job with that. And I think had Ken had more of a moment other than just being Barbie's boyfriend, I think things would be, have been a little bit different because I think it would have been, maybe would have been a little bit cooler if they, you know, marketed Ken a little bit better. I do think something that's really interesting that I have seen. I I joke that during the pandemic, um, my barista was the barista Ken doll with the, it has, he has the man bun. Uh, mm. and it's like, it comes with a little cup of coffee yeah. and it's like right next to my coffee machine. The reason I bring that up is because I think that they have started with the new lines in different shapes and sizes. Barbie comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes. The Ken doll still does not. That's true. And I'm like, where are the variety of shapes and sizes? Because not all men, not all these shaped these different women are attracted to per se this one body type. So I'm waiting for them to really touch on. Um, so yeah, one of the things that I often have, have seen those, I do think that they've taken some very like queer esque approaches with some of the outfits lately and some of the dolls and the, the what was it? The B69 um, collection, I think, um, I'll send you a picture of these two dolls I bought from from Barbie from Barbie's line this last year, and I put them together holding hands. I'll send you a photo of it. Um, pretty queer. Uh, so they they they're they're getting there in some ways. Um, it's just it's it's geared toward the collector. It's not like a, a kid is still going to go into the main aisle and be like, "That's that's a gay." identifying doll i i want that one you know right and you know as with as per usual barbie she just takes time it takes her it takes some time to get there and at least at least we know they're kind of working towards it you know um but i would love to see it just a a pride doll even if it's just for adult collectors because i mean that i mean that's who's buying their stuff you know it's like i do see kids in the barbie aisle a lot when i'm out you know at target or whatever but those are the you know the playline barbies that are like 
10 bucks or whatever, but I'm sure that they're making tons of money off of these adult collectors. Cause I mean, kids aren't getting onto Mattel creations and buying these dolls. It's, it's for the adults that are buying also, them. Like, so. I have to, I did, I don't know about you. Like I, for $10, I was like, I, I did it last year, but I was like, do I need this membership? Does it really get me anything? <laughs> I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I did the membership. I just get on there every couple, you know, weeks and just see what's coming out. I follow the page just to, that's yeah, how I got the superstar Barbie. Cause I was like, Oh, I have to have this. But yeah, I got, um, I got the merman. I did the oh, nice. merman. Oh, I love him. Nice. Oh, on display. I like love him. <laughs> and that's like, yeah. And you know what? They've been doing some male mermaids recently yeah. so thank i wish i would have had that when i was a kid you know like, that would have been so great um and same with american girl they have boy boy american american girl dolls now and they did not when i was a kid and i'm not totally sure i would have wanted one as same. a kid but it would have been nice to just have that option you know um yeah. But I mean, times are different now. So now you can like get your own customized like American boy doll or whatever. But it's it's it is what it is. Um, and so, I mean, th- this has already been such a great discussion. I just do you feel like we'll ever get to a point in society where dolls are just fully embraced? I mean, Barbie's never going away. You know what I mean? Like Barbie's going to be around forever. You know, at this point, like she is. The, it's just part of culture and not she just American iconic. culture. It's worldwide. Barbie will be around yeah. forever. Do you think we'll ever get to a place where, you know, it's just like, cause I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't ever see any, I remember as a kid, you'd flip through the channels and Barbie commercials would come on all the time. I don't, I don't see that anymore. I don't really watch TV, but I, uh, I don't, I don't see them advertising it as much, but I'm just curious. Do you think we'll ever get to a point where it's just like fully accepted by society? Barbie is for everyone. I do. I, I want to venture to say it's going to come down to believe it or not hiring practices, having more toy analysts. Like I'm plugging not for just me, for all of my colleagues. There's not many of us. Um, I think that these companies always think about return on investment, but the culture and culture is such a big word. It means something different to so many people, but the culture around play and playability is starting to shift. The fact that States are not allowing some States are not allowing toys to be gendered aisles anymore. The fact that target across the country removed gendered toy, and they just have the, the, the toy itself, the brand up. So you like walk to now they're all still together. You're not seeing like GI Joe right next to littlest pet shop. But right. maybe eventually it'll just be alphabetized, um, which would be an even better way of being more equitable. The toy, so you can just toy like want. But as we explore, I do think as we've uh, we're seeing with you know younger generations now uh, that they don't identify in the same ways we did in terms of of just expression. Like you were saying, seeing um, young boys coming to class to nails or using uh, people using a variety of pronouns. I think we are going to get to a place. I don't know if it'll be Barbies for everyone or every kind, but I do think we're going to start to get dolls. They did the creative world. Um, they tried and that didn't fare super well, but therapists across the country used it. So yeah. <laughs> we loved it. I think we are getting to a place where we're going to start seeing to- boys as toys 
and thinking about the enact marketing to queer audiences is a place that I'm starting to see shift. And I do, I will say, I don't know if we're going to get that for children and gender and gender identity is a really hot topic in our country. And it's very difficult. Um, and we have advocates, but we also have people who very much don't want children to express their sense of gender identity and, and know that it does not have to be assigned at birth. Um, but I do think we're really close to them acknowledging adult male collectors, especially the designer dolls, like uh, oh, across yeah. the board. Integrity Toys, I'm going to keep giving a shout out to because they have already embraced our community. The question is, is Mattel going to? Because the big players are Mattel, Hasbro, and, you know, American Girls and uh, and, and the, Disney, uh, the Disney line now is back with Mattel. But right. whoever owns Disney, will they play towards adult? Um queer people i i'd venture to say i i did a little research before today to see if i could find something mattel did um has done some nods to our communities we have laverne cox first woman of color they also did um a doll um dedicated to keith herring who oh, is oh yeah, yeah yeah i know who he is because madonna <laughs> yeah and the bar there's a keith herring edition barbie um, which was released a little while ago, and I have thought about purchasing it. Would it have been – now this is where – I'm glad they did that. Keith Herring Ken would have been a bigger statement. 100%. Because Keith Herring you know, spoke very much not only to the AIDS epidemic but to gay, to gay men and his art. means a lot to all the queer community in general. But And could it, could it be allyship? Could Barbie be an ally? Totally. So I think The Dolls is awesome. I think they're getting there. But I do think they play it safe. And I'd be curious. I don't know what would you want to see in a Pride Barbie. I think that's an interesting question for you to like for us to talk. Like for me, I I think I would want to see two. I would want a set of two male dolls, like like they do with the Barbie and like marriage rights or so. I, like I'd love to see an edition set like that. Um, maybe even one that commemorated the year that it was. You know. I don't know this year. I, I don't. I think that I'd love to see something like that, or I'd love to see something a little more adult. I'd love to see them like ask Bob Mackie to design something for Ken that maybe speaks to the queer community and the gay community. Um, I don't know. Maybe Ken has a harness. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm just being adult. Like, you know, I don't know what it might be, but or or, or I don't know. I just think that like. I think it, I think I think that would be challenging only because it would be hard for them to avoid the criticism of being stereo using a stereotype for it. 100%. 100%. But I I think a set of two doll two, you know, Kens or whatever would be cool. Have a Barbie too, you know, have them, um, you know, see where see what see what sells, see what doesn't, you know, cuz obviously they have to make a profit off of it. And I understand how important that is, you know. I, I don't know. I think it would be, I would love to see just a Barbie that was just so just flamboyant and just gay, you know, but I also understand like a lot of queer people would be like, this is offensive. Yeah. Cause we wouldn't want her in a pride colored. We wouldn't want her in a rainbow dress. It would feel right. probably Barbie's already wearing tons of rainbow stuff. So. <laughs> yes. And I also, I wonder if maybe um, that's, maybe it's almost like a double entendre because the reason we love Britney so much that the, the reason that men tend to, we talked about this on the Britney doll cap the episode, but I think that it applies here too is the reason we gravitate towards these female figures is because they, 
they embody every the core values that we hold and express ourselves with. So one could argue Barbie doesn't need to be gay or have a gay like her outfits like the Bob Mackie outfits, these other outfits, these the pink collection this year that they're doing where they're honoring her just pink is like mm-hmm. elaborate, beautiful. Um, you know, I think that maybe that is already what we're uh, we're excited about anyway. Like people love to play with fashion and you know what I would what I would love is um, you know they've done a lot of different kinds of um, jobs for Barbie. Mm-hmm. I would think it don't have to be gay jobs, but I would love to see fashion designer Ken. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe we can't, maybe we don't know what his sexual orientation is, but maybe the, the outfit is not so heteronormative. You know, I would love to see a Ken doll uh, that is wearing something that just feels a little more gender neutral. And I would love to see a Ken doll with painted nails. Yes. You know, I, I think that's interesting. You know, I think also putting Ken dolls into the roles that Barbie has taken that are seen at like a teacher Ken. Yeah. That's very, um, you know, there's no, I, I don't think there is one, you know, like many of those or like a, what else has Barbie like, done? That's, you know, considered nursing. Yeah. Nursing. Um, nursing would be a great one. I also think that they can, there's just like, there's a ton, tons of things. I think they could even do an advocate Barbie and Ken. And like, you know, this is where it gets, it gets dicey. It's like, what are you advocating with? But like human rights, Barbie and human rights, Ken, we don't know the sexual orientation, but they can come with a sign. They could come with and donations to an organization like the human rights campaign. You know, like, I'm like, they, they can do it. I think that worrying about the backlash is very, you're very right. That can cause the media. It's it's a dicey time in our country to for any toy company to embrace fully a queer. But Funko's done it. Funko has a full pride yeah. line where they have taken. I'm sure you saw them. Where I'm like, wow, that's that's just awesome. Yeah, and random ones and just full rainbow colors that are random companies and random properties. So yeah, and you know, I think that one of the most special things about Barbie in particular is that. You know, her story is kind of open-ended and, you know, Barbie and Ken never actually got married. And so you could have, you know, dolls that are queer inspired without even having to directly say that, you know? Well, and even some of the designers themselves who are queer, like yeah. uh, the queer designers that design for Barbie have a doll of them. We Literally, would- why doesn't Bob Mackie have his own doll? Why not? Mattel, like a year from now, we better get some free dolls in the mail. I know, seriously. <laughs> so, Peter, my last question for you today is: if you were, if you were talking to a young boy, or you know, it doesn't have to be a boy, but someone, someone who is confused about their gender identity and feeling like, oh, I feel like playing with dolls is wrong. What would you say to them? Uh, I would probably, I, I always like to think somatically first. I would, I would most likely say to them, let's both hold a doll and we'd hold the same one. Um, and I'd have them pick it. And I'd say, how does, what, what, what makes, what do you feel in your body when you hold this toy? It could probably, I would say that they feel safe or they feel seen or they, they feel relaxed or they feel like they want to play. And I would, I would tell them that, you know, the, the things that they hold fear 
the way to break down your fear is those feelings, you know, and I would say fear is a really big emotion. And I would probably say I feel it too. So it may never go away. But the thing that can help maybe dismantle, or I would, I would say, like, you know, take away some of that fear to a small boy is the things that make you happy are the things that will make you stronger, you know, so finding happiness uh, through your expression, I hope will continue. And I would encourage them to find a sense of resiliency and strength in themselves. Uh, and I would ask what in the doll makes them makes them happy or what makes them admire that doll particularly. And I would try and help them see those traits in themselves. Because when I look at toys, I see I see myself in them. I see in certain characters, you know, like, like I said, um, for me, Ariel. Uh, Ugh, yes. I was like, yes, 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 yes. So I think that, I think I would tell somebody younger, especially a young boy who's playing with toys that toys, I would also steal from my parents. Um, toys are just toys and you should continue to play. And the people that tell you that you shouldn't are scared because they can't play with the toys that they want to. And I would make sure that they know it's not about them. It's not about you. It's about them. So. Ah, beautiful. (laughs) Well, really quickly, uh, do you have an update on your book? Is there any kind of release? Is there any kind of release frame? So I'm with Layling Publishing and uh, I've got about, it's going to be a 200 pages. So I'm about 100 some odd pages in. Uh, The chapter I'm writing right now is about the Tycho Little Mermaid doll story. So most of them are essays. Uh, So it's, it's like a, it's almost like a mix of a memoir and essays so that people can see themselves in different ones. Uh, The last chapter I just did was on the last unicorn film and how that film really helped my queer identity. Uh, So the, the updates is like, it's, it's 2023. So we're hoping uh, this year or early 2024, but by January of next year, I'm hoping we're hoping by Christmas, it would be able to be available. So in the holiday season. So very cool. Peter, where can people find you on social media? Oh yeah, just my I keep my name to keep it simple. So Peter Andrew Danzig, you'll find my website peterandrewdanzig.com and then Instagram handles are the same as well as Twitter and and all of those things. I don't have TikTok. People have been like, you got to get TikTok. I'm like, there's just so much to do. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Instagram, oh. Instagram is the easiest. Um and, and and Facebook there's a professional page and it has everything from toy analysis to psychology. So I, I, it's a mix of all the things I enjoy most. So very cool well i cannot wait for the book peter thank you so much for being on the show again i love this conversation so much i think it's going to be something different and fresh for you know my listeners i think i think a lot of people are going to relate to this so thank you again so much for doing this with me my pleasure sage anytime i can't wait to see where this podcast continues to go i'm just i'm so thrilled by it it's just i love all the episodes i love i see so many new accounts i discover so keep doing what you're doing for our community 100 percent Well, thank you so much. I will talk to you soon. Yes. (laughs) All right. So there was my interview with Peter. That was honestly like a therapy session. I had so much fun. Peter, thank you for being on the show again. I appreciate you so much. I absolutely love the conversations we've had. And I just, I had a blast. Next time on the Iconic Dollcast, I'm going to be talking about doll collecting. So you guys are definitely going to want to tune into that. There's tons of cool things coming. Please, again, make sure you follow my Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls or Iconic Dollcast. And if you are listening and you are loving this podcast, please leave me a review. Give me five stars. It really helps with everything. And I appreciate you guys so much. And I will see you next time. (laughs) 